Hey guys, we are live with episode 301 of The Shooter's Mindset with Jeremy Gresham of IWI, and we're going to talk about all things IWI. So we got our co-host Greg Cannon here with us. What's up, Greg? Hey, everyone. And we've got Jeremy, who's the guest of the hour. I've already had a couple yeah. people hit me up today that were like, oh my God, you've got Jeremy coming on the show. So everyone is excited about this. And so I can't wait to dig in and kind of hear everything about it. So for those of us just to kind of kick it off that are unfamiliar with you, tell us a little bit about how you, you know, tell us about yourself and how you became involved with the firearms industry as a whole. All right. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. Um, uh, kind of just a Florida boy who shot, you know, hunting, fishing type thing. Uh, joined the military after high school. I uh, got out of the military, couldn't really decide what I was going to do. So my mom put me in uh, Tallahassee, went to Florida State, um, ran a store, a gun store there in Tallahassee, Kevin's Guns and Sporting Goods. Um, found out that I'd do exceptionally well at this stuff and uh, went on to work at a, one of the larger distributors within the industry, bought all the firearms, tactical accessories, optics, pretty much if it went on an M4 type variant, AK variant, uh, I purchased it for those, for that number of years. And then from there, I went to uh, Strategic Armory Corps. Uh, they own Surgeon, McMillan, Nexus, Armalite, um, and I was a VP of sales. <laughs> I was the uh, VP of sales and marketing there for three years, uh, national sales manager prior to that for a year or two years. And then now I've been at IWI for almost three years and um, director of sales and marketing and trying to do a couple things different, help the, uh, help some Israel Israelis, uh, understand the U S market a little better. I mean, it's only like a little different. <laughs> just, just, a wee bit. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. So there's a lot of history with IWI. So like, how did it get to be where it is today and what's the history of what brought it here? Yeah. Um, so it's an 80 year old company, IMI, which is, uh, Israeli military industries. Um, they had an, a weapon side and they had a, a ammunition side. Um, in 2005, Sammy Kitsoff bought the weapon side of it and started IWI Israel weapon industries. You'd be surprised how many people walk up to our booth and say, Oh, it's the Iwi guys. And I'm like, yeah, we're not Austria. We're not from Australia or New Zealand. There are three individual letters. Um, and, um, you know, he, the, the Tavor, Uzi, Galil, um, and then the Negev, the belt-fed machine guns. And then in 2012, he saw a demand for his product in the United States and started poking around to figure out how he could get it here in the United States and launched IWI US. Um, we had an importer of our product, the Jericho and things of that nature already in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And that gentleman said, hey, I'll, you can use my building. We'll get you stood, you know, stood up and going. And then ever since then, we've been, we've been cruising pretty good. Um, and it, it's been an ever growing population. And, you know, a lot of people have uh, a lot of respect for the Israeli product. Um, you know, they're building it out of necessity to keep themselves alive. I mean, it's a country the size of New Jersey that's surrounded by people who pretty much just want to wipe them off the face of the earth. So, um, you know, I, when I got here, it was like, you know, our, you know, our products have such a big history and why they developed it and the, the who's and the why's rather than just, you know, some other firearms manufacturers where they just said, oh, well, we're just going to do this. A lot of this stuff came to be because they needed it for war to protect ourselves. So it's been, it's uh, continuing that evolution. You know, there's 75 to 80 countries that use our weapons as their primary means of defense, similar to we use an M4. There's countries that are using the Galil, they're using the Tavor, Uzi, the belt-fed machine guns within the Gevs. And now we've got the M4 variants and some striker-fire pistols. Um, so we've got a full-service weapons manufacturing facility, basically. I mean, they say necessity is the mother of inventions. So. Mm -hmm. It's funny how that works out when everybody wants to bomb your homeland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll that'll do it how many countries did you say we're using it um it, it, right now it's sitting between 75 and 80 um wow. they just want to we just want a very large um belt fed machine gun contract with india i think it was 
16 or 17,000 belt fed machine guns um, going into India. Um, but other than that, you know, last year we had just shy of 80,000, um, what is called our ACE 21, which is our Galil ACE 556 that runs NATO mags. We had, you know, just under 80,000 went into the Philippines last year. So um, we pretty, you know, along with IWI, we own um, Sammy owns Meprolite. It's an optics company. Um, we also own a company called Camaro, which is see-through wall technology. And we also own a shipping company or shipyard where we go into countries and dredge ports, help you set up your entire, you know, shipping and receiving based off of the, you know, the sea. So wow. he's a fairly busy man over there in Israel. There we go. Imagine that. Anthony joined us. Yay, hey, Anthony. Oh, I'm, still, still, I'm still kind of part of the show in some way, I seem, I guess. It's been a little bit, it's, it's been a little bit since I've been on here. Um, but I'm going to pick it up here. Uh, when I think RWI, Jeremy, I, first weapon that comes in my head, and there's, this varies probably from a lot of people because uh, IWI offers so many great weapons platforms. But to me, it's always been the original Uzi, and I know that's kind of been a staple for the kind of brand and company. Um, but, man, if, when I talk about machine guns, it, some people's like, really? You like the Uzi the most? Yeah, it's kind of about that rate of fire. You can control it. It's an awesome thing to shoot. Um, but what is the current firearm lineup that IWI US um, offers currently? Yeah, so we still have the Uzi. Um, then there's the Galil Ace, which is our AK variant. Um, the Tavor, which is what we're most known for in the Bullpup family. Um, Jericho pistols, which are very similar to the Baby Eagle from Desert Eagle. There's a partnership there. We manufacture a good bit of their product for them. Um, this year, we launched a Zion, which is our M4 variant. Uh, we can go into that later. Israel's got uh, a rifle called the Carmel, which is like a G36 SCAR variant. Um, they've also got an Arad, which is uh, very similar to a 416. Then we've got the TS-12 shotgun, which is our bullpup rotating tube, 15 round plus one um, bullpup shotgun. Uh, Masada, which is our entry into the striker fire world. And um, then the Gevs, uh, we've got the Dan rifle, the 338. Um, oh, we got a 40, we got a 40 mic, mic. Uh, you know, pretty much, like I said, it's, it's a full service uh, weapons manufacturer. We pretty much build just about anything you would need. There's, there's a lot of other stuff that we don't obviously see in here in the States, but some riot control stuff like the pepper guns and things of that nature, 37 millimeter beanbag launchers, stuff like that. So, there you go. But, so let's kind of go down the list here. You guys recently announced the, the Zion, all right, entering kind of that AR-15, very popular, very kind of saturated market. Um, what does the Zion kind of, what separates it from what's out there and what does it offer for that price point that, that we get? Yeah, so um, I get that question a lot because people are like, why is IWI going into the, the M4 world? Well, you know, simply, you know, my, my degree from Florida State is, is risk management insurance. And what people don't fully understand is that if there ever was a firearms ban like we had in 94, that also says that the over 300,000 weapon systems that we have in the United States, I can no longer service them. So we went out and started buying machinery to basically have the ability, should something happen, to continue to uh, should provide a service to our customers. But with that, we're like, what else do, do we not build? Well, the M4 um, was part of that. Um, I came from Armalite, so I had a good history of the M4 world. Um, so we, 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 we set out saying, hey, we're going to just build a, a rifle that has some salt that we think brings some, some unique flair to it. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is another M4. Um, we, we went with 16 inch, but instead of carbine, we went mid-length. Um, instead of an aluminum barrel nut, a stainless steel barrel nut. Um, in the three-gun world and the action shooting in the military and the law enforcement and stuff that I did with Armalite, we found that aluminum barrel nuts just, they lost their rigidity and you lost accuracy fairly quickly. So um, after that, it was, you know, we needed a good barrel. Fortunately, we have our own hammer forging uh, and button lines. So we went out and did that. Used B5 furniture. Uh, it's got a 16 or 15 inch handguard. We went to a cross machine and tool and talked to those boys, built, put a solid rail on there and it retails for 899. And uh, I, 
I would say I'd put it up against anything else out there for it, even above it and below it. I mean, we did 10 K through it and just under two days checking accuracy and speeds uh, and with the machine gun. And it started well under half inch and it ended under an inch after 10 K. So um, we were happy. We released it. Um, I guess we released it at the right time. So that kind of helps okay. too. Um, but like I've told a lot of people is we don't, you know, unlike other M4 companies, we don't have to sell a ton of them. This is simply an insurance policy that if something happens to us. Like, you know, when COVID hit, um, the country of Israel came to a standstill. If we didn't have the M4, we were shipping nothing because everything else comes out of Israel. So for two and a half months, all we shipped was Zion, um, which kept yeah. our employees move, you know, being paid, getting, getting, uh, collecting a paycheck, um, insurance benefits, things of that nature. But also it showed um, our ownership that no matter what happens in the world, the United States will continue to operate as a country. Um, unlike even countries like Israel. Yeah, so. that's a, yeah. So that ends up paying off big, yeah. obviously, because no one knew this was actually going to go down and you guys were obviously the announcement and then the hype and then the release. And here we are. So it's just, let's talk about perfect timing when it regards to that, but cold hammer forged barrels, B5 furniture, which B5 furniture is kind of the Gucci right now. I'm digging it. Um, and you guys are doing a lot of stuff in house for 899 MSRP street value you can probably find it a little bit less for a cold hammer forged barrel that's a that's a really good uh steal. yeah so we, we ended up putting a button barrel in there um you know i just didn't think people needed the wanted the cold hammer forge because people are all about accuracy right and at the mm -hmm. end of the day cold hammer forge doesn't produce the same accuracy that the buttons does so it's like you give up a little longevity um with the with the with the button but in the same breath of air like if you're going to shoot 14, 15,000 rounds out of that barrel, you can afford to buy a new barrel. So um, <laughs> it kind of works out. You need to yeah. make me a barrel that I could shoot 14 to 15,000 out of for, um, for this. Yeah, good luck, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But, we got a couple live ones, don't we? We have quite a few. Yeah, great. My, <laughs> my, my, my crowd of people wanting to come play. <laughs> Let's see. Will Rhodes said hello. Jeremy Crowlock said Grish. Uh, Dylan Izzy said, said <laughs> so hot, much sexy, very IWI. Mm. Jessica Cooler said, hey, hey, you single? Um, let's see what else we have in here. Jeremy said um, he's going to place an order for a Nergev. He wants a Negev. Negev, there we go. There everybody we go. wants me to sell them a Negev. And I'm like, I would give everybody machine guns if we could. That would be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, Noel said hello from Charlotte. Dylan said Uzi is his favorite sub, sub gun. Yes. Um, Adam wants to know uh, what's your favorite IWI firearm? Hmm. I tend to gravitate towards the Galil family. Um, you know, when I got to IWI, I was like, you know, not a big fan of the AK world, but as you dive more into it, the Galil is, it's built like a tank and it just continues to eat whatever I put in it. So the 5.56 Galil gives me that ability to run standard NATO mags. Um, there's a lot of people who just want another gun who don't want another M4. So mm -hmm. that kind of gives that, uh, that flair to it. Um, after that, I'd probably say the GL40, which is our 40 mic mic. It's pretty solid, too. There so. we go. Excellent. We, um, a couple of times we mentioned the Uzi here. We'll get back to some live. We're, we're all, you guys are offering the Uzi Pro now. Is the old school Uzi, a, that's a thing of the past? That is, that is what's in circulation in circulation? Or um, is that still being produced? So the Uzi Pro is what we produce now. I have been adamantly uh, – trying to convince powers to be at Israel to bring back the Uzi with a 21st century flare. I'd like to see it in 10 mil too, if I could make it happen. Um, but um, yeah, I'd like to, you know, back when they first had the Uzis, they're like, well, they didn't sell very well. I'm like, yeah, well, SB Tactical wasn't around either. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. like, so, you know, you put like that 1913 pick rail that they have on the, on some of those guns, you know, with a brace, I think a, a micro Uzi or even a mini Uzi would, would would sell extremely well 
to the, in today's market. But right now we have the Uzi Pro nine mils, the only caliber. Um, we're working on some updates for it. Um, you know, we're the only country really that thread, you know, that threads barrels and puts pressures on things too. So talking to them about that. Um, so we're working on bringing in some barrels that are threaded to help people out. Cause right now, I mean, there's not a whole lot of barrels sticking out of that gun and it's not threaded. So. There you go. But, uh, yeah. What do we did the giveaway? We had one, we have one for a couple of weeks now. I don't yes. want to get past it with another question and then we don't do it. We do it too late. So what do we got? All right. So we actually have, let me get over here. Was it the burger, burger bullets giveaway? Yes. We got to announce the burger and we have a new one to launch, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So we'll go ahead and we'll, first we have one, two, three, four, five awesome uh, prize package from, packages from burger bullets. Um, let me pull this up real quick. And we're going to go over to our random number generator. I like to do to send a picture of an actual burger. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just thought that one was uh, clever. All right. Let's see. We'll go share screen. What was it? It was share a picture of your burger bullets on your bench or something like that? Yep. Okay. Share. Well, it said share a picture of your burgers on your bench. And, well, we have from Kevin a burger on the bench. Yeah, um, he should get something for that. Yeah, agreed. That's, That's when so I saw funny. when I saw that one come in. I'm like, all right. 14. We only had 14 people enter this. God, guys, enter our contest. There's like a lot of really cool stuff being given away. Yeah. So, like, let's see. I should. I could have probably shared it a little harder. Yeah, me too. Hold on. I got the original post up here someplace to show what an awesome so two people are going to win yep three people are going to win gift certificates for two boxes of burger bullets each like that's awesome and then like burger hat and shirt combo also awesome all right so off to our random number generator um that's a good odds yeah that's real good odds especially since we're pulling five so yep. for the first one maybe Come on, generate. There we go. Six. So whoever number six is. Two, All right. Four. Two, four, six. There's one winner. Brent? Yep. Brent Harlan. Our next is going to be five, which is Dusty Quinn. And our next is going to be four which is Alex Roth. And so all three of these guys won bullets. Damn, consecutive, six, five, four. Yeah. Now let's go for our, our hat and shirt combos. We've already done six. Sorry, you can't go again. Seven. Oh, Kevin won a hat and a shirt. Nice for the burger. On for his the burger, burger on the bench. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and then number three, Jason <laughs> won a hat and a shirt. Um, you guys are watching live go ahead shoot us a message on the shooter's mindset and uh we will the dude with the burger i'm sending him a t-shirt so send me his address because that was <laughs> awesome i like the creativity burger <laughs> on a bench yeah i like that i like that i was like dude this dude's got it. that was awesome all right what's the new giveaway what do we got man i'm out of the, a little bit out of the loop obviously what we're giving away for the all new right. one so our new giveaway Let's see if it's up here and I could just show the post. Oh no, it comes up in five minutes. So we have an awesome media bundle from Applied Ballistics. It includes pretty much every book that Brian Litz has written. There's some DVDs. I'm not sure if like the t-shirt and stickers and stuff comes with it, but it is a monstrous value and it is a ton of knowledge. Um, and we will have one lucky winner that will receive one of those. I got one sitting up here on my shelf and I'm going to try and see how much I could learn from it. But it's just like all of the knowledge you could possibly get in long range shooting, ballistics, everything like that will show up on your doorstep in a box. Then you just have to read it and learn it all. Um, there's a post that's going live on the Shooter's Mindset Facebook page at 930. Um, we'll do our normal thing. 
like us, like them, like the post, tag two friends. And our show next week, we will have a drawing for that one lucky winner. Boom. Digging it. 9.30, that's in four minutes. Uh, guys, get in on that giveaway. Um, so you mentioned some of this, Jeremy, earlier. Desert Eagle, Jericho Pistols, still – these are, man, old, I mean, they've been, Jericho's been around for a very long time with their guns. Um, Desert Eagles, obviously very famous for movies and a lot of other things, man. Big time, big calibers, 50AEs. I shot plenty of those. Very fun guns. <laughs> so this is a partnership between two companies. Are you guys solely producing it? Are these being produced overseas? And what are the import challenges of getting these guns over in the U.S.? So from my understanding, it, it's a partnership with IWA Israel and Magnum Research. Um, it's made there in Israel, the Baby Eagle or the, the, the 50 and the 44. Um, it, from, from my knowledge, it's, you know, as long as the pistol meets the point system value and it's approved by the ATF, getting it in the United States is pretty straightforward. Um, however, that, that approval process takes between 17 and 24 months. So you know, once it's already, once it's approved and you make no changes to it, you're doing okay. It's if you make any subtle changes that can change the point system, no joy. It goes back to the ATF for review, 17 to 20 months, you're, you're going to wait. Okay. So that's um, the delay, the initial, the initial get in. The initial getting in, you know, give you the example, right, is like all our Galils are brought in as pistols, whether it's 16 inch or the 8.3. Well, uh, Israel makes a 13 inch pistol. So I was like, well, this should be pretty straightforward, right? Because I'm not going to go any lower on the points than my 8.3-inch barrel, and I'm not going to go any higher than my 16-inch barrel. So why do you need to see the pistol? Mm -hmm. Well, it, the, the points may have changed, Jeremy. You're not fully understanding ATF. It, did, it can go any lower than 8.3. It's not going to go any higher than 16. Why do you need to see it? That It's been sitting there for almost two and a half. Uh, I think it's six I think we're going on six months now. And it's just, a, it's just a barrel change. It's a length change, but they have to see it and do their little deal with it, man. I don't understand. Yeah. So that's it. So any subtle changes I know, man. Yeah. So if you, just as simple as a barrel length, I thought it was a little bit more than that, but geez. Uh, so that's some ATF magic and some import knowledge for you. I mean, every time I think of NFA ATF stuff, I just kind of, you can beat your head into a there's table no, there's no rhyme it. or reason to it right it's somebody's interpretation of the law uh right. or even or even a rule set right i don't even know if i would call it a law because it changes hourly it seems like yeah so but yeah it's that's that's their biggest hurdle right you know israel will launch a new product like the carmel or something and people are like why can't i get it in the united states and i'm like we're a company that doesn't like money apparently like we have tried to get it in the united states the ATF continues to decline it. There's nothing I can do. So right. it's part of the deal of working is working at import, right? So yeah. that was part of the program that, you know, we were talking to our owner is that, you know, we have product in Israel that we would love to get here in the United States, but unless we make it here in the United States, it's never coming. But then you, even to get it made here in the United States, we still have to get approval because of the transfer of technical data. Hmm. Okay, never fun. Never no. fun. No, uh, man, this you you mentioned it a little bit earlier today. The COVID nineteen has put a severe halt on this entire year, essentially. Um, but the firearms industry has really boomed because of it, and it's kind of like a sad thing to say that something like this has to go down. People need to get sick. Riots need to happen for people to actually purchase their first gun and kind of see why they need to own a firearm and essentially like that. But what are some of the challenges that IWI is seeing because of this? And we, we kind of mentioned it earlier that you guys weren't able to build to get much out of Israel because the whole country was locked down. Yeah. So, I mean, the country of Israel is just starting to open back up, right? They've been shut down since, you know, middle of February um, we've been working subtly. We've got some permits over there where, you know, we were running two shifts, but very small numbers and we we're getting some product out. Well, that, I mean, at the end of the day too, you know, there were no flights going into Israel and no flights coming out of Israel. So 
Whereas, you know, simple math, right? Like if we were paying $5 per kilo of weight for cargo, well, now there's only two flights coming in and two flights going out. We, at one point in time, we we're upwards of 50 to $60 per kilo. So now you're talking about putting stuff on a ship, which takes 30 days to get across the ocean. Um, or you put, you pay the cash to get it on an airplane. So for a while there, it was uh, slim pickings coming out of Israel. Um, fortunately, we had production stood up here in the United States for some things. Um, and it's opened the eyes again, as we talked about, of, of our ownership of like, you know, no matter what really goes on in the world, the, the U.S. is still going to, you know, press or, you know, continue to push forward. Um, you know, our constitutional right is to, to own and possess and you know, firearms in general. So you're not going to take that and people are going to buy it. And yeah, it's unfortunate that we have to have this. Um, but in the same, you know, the same token, you know, there are many people that I went to college with that were like, Oh, well, the police are going to come save me. Well, now these police aren't showing up to work anymore. Uh, well now those same people are like, Hey, I'm trying to buy a firearm. You know, I have to wait this six days or I think in Florida now and where I'm from, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like, what, what's the waiting period now in Florida? If you don't have a concealed weapons license, it's five business days. So yeah, come pick so, it up next week. Yeah, really? So yeah. Yeah. Without so, a concealed weapons license. Yeah. Like when I was there, it was, it was three days, not counting the day you pick it, the day you purchase or the day you buy it. Um, but you know, even still, right. Like that's not going to help you when people are standing at your front door wanting to take your property that you've worked your entire life for. And then on top of that, they have no fundamental knowledge of what they're even going to do with that pistol. So now, you know, hopefully a lot of these people understand that, you can buy, you, you're basically controlling an explosion in your hand. Now you need to go get the training to understand this explosion. So, right. you know, I hope that people take that, take that initiative. And I hope it brings some people that, that, uh, you know, that may have, you know, I'm going to vote to take away your, you know, our rights. Maybe they swing the other way now. That's like, you know, when it, ha when, you know, when, you know, when I need it, I'm going to need it. And I don't want anybody to take that from me. So mm -hmm. lots of people reaching out now wanting to, you know, will you teach me how to shoot? Yeah. And we've, we've all seen examples of pictures online of people that have the gun and not training and hopefully they'll reach out and get a little bit more training before next time they got to pull it out. Well, let's face it. There's a lot of people that own firearms and need the training, but you mm -hmm. know, you know, we live in a culture where it's cool to bolt every widget known to man on a pistol or a rifle and somehow that's going to make us a better shooter. You know, Anthony, you, yeah, I don't, are you still shooting a lot of USPSA? No, not really, but I'm seeing really? that, I mean. He shoots I'm, IDP gay. Rarely. Yeah. That's rarely, a rare, rare. But right, like, you know, carry optics, right? It's a beautiful thing. Putting dots on pistols is a wonderful piece. However, people are putting, people are skipping the whole process of understanding the fundamentals of lining up their sights and trigger press and grip thinking that if I put the dot, I only have to put the dot on the target and pull the trigger. Kind of not really working out in their favor, but mm -hmm. I still think, you know, that's the way to go. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the amount of people that are, are that are getting long guns and they want to put the biggest scopes known to man, and great, hey, I'm a big fan of 7 to 35, but I don't know that you need it on a 223 or a 308 <laughs> when you're only shooting 100 yards. Um, no, but when you get a 1500, it's really helpful. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, I remember, you know, when I was at Surgeon McMillan, we, we were running a lot of B scopes, the five to 25s, and now you get the 735s. And, you know, I have one of the voodoo, you know, Paul Parrott used to be my boss at Surgeon. So when he started voodoo and I got one of those rifles, he's, I'm like, what goes on this thing? He's like, you need the seven to 35 ATAC. I was like, all right, that's what we'll put on it. Um, it's a pretty cool little setup though. Yeah. There's there a go. lot of, uh, in the live questions, there's a, there's a lot of questions referencing skinny jeans or skinny capris. Not me. I promise you that one. Can, it, it, can it, you it, expound on that and why there's so much of that coming up in the feed? I, I honestly couldn't tell you because pretty much if it doesn't say Vertex and they're not Delta Elites, I'm not wearing it. So, <laughs> um <laughs> There is something about 10,000 t-shirts in there also. Um, I got a lot of t-shirts, so I'm not going to discount that, right? Like, I got a lot of t-shirts. Fortunately, <laughs> I got a great folder because I would just throw them on the floor and pick and choose. So. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, I mean, like I said, I mean, 
the industry will continue to evolve as it always will. IWI will continue to evolve. Um, you know, fortunately now we've got, you know, we've got, we're, we're, we're telling Israel what we want as a cultural, um, what our customer expects rather than like field of dreams. If we, if we build it, you'll buy it. Um, that can only last for so long. So listening to our customer base, getting a better understanding of what they want um, also translates over to the military. Well, so um, there, everybody's learning. Um, at the end of the day, we're still a, an infant company, whether we're 80 years old globally, but we're only six years old here in the United States. So, um, yeah. you know, it, but, you know, I guess, like I said, it's, we'll continue to grow, um, work with our partners, work with our customers, uh, and see where the next piece of the puzzle and what, what piece of innovation can we come out with next? There you go. Any talks on IWI offering long range rifles for PRS shooters? Do you have something that you think we can use and be competitive or is that just like military based weapons? And obviously, you know, those aren't really a choice for a PRS shooter. Not that you can't use that, but anything. So we built the Dan rifle, the 338. And um, I think it was more of a point that, this the Israel said like, Hey, we built a bolt gun. Um, I don't know that they've had much, you know, much success with it. We haven't brought it into the United States much. Um, we are looking at some bolt gun pieces. Uh, just like I said, with previous companies, um, like surgeon, um, it's just, I've got a good knowledge base on it. we've got a couple of good guys on our team that are, uh, Tom Alabrando is a former, uh, SWAT guy, sniper guy. So he's got, um, you know, extensive knowledge on long guns as well. And we've got a lot of guys like, um, what, you know, my, one of my commercial sales managers just bought a new uh, rifle from George. He had that shot show special in six Creed and, oh, uh, that's such a good deal. Right. Um, so, um, everybody's shooting long guns. So we're looking at, um, what we can do with a bolt gun. I mean, obviously anything can translate over to the PRS world as long as it's, you know, accurate, uh, and you have the right calibers or it's not proprietary. So people can put barrels on there. And that was the biggest problem with the Dan is it was its proprietary weapon system. So nothing worked with it. Um, so, uh, the short answer is, uh, eventually probably, but currently right now, probably not. There we go. We got a couple good live ones, Greg. What do you got? Uh, I believe your mom said hi. Most likely. <laughs> um, I see someone else asked, what your most popular selling gun is. And I want to break that down into two pieces. What's your most popular selling guns in the U S versus the rest of the world. All right. So in the U S I would say right now, anything I could ship. Uh, <laughs> True. Yeah. The, the conversations that I have with our customer base is not what do you have X in, in stock? It's what do you have in stock? And do when you can I get that? it? Yeah. Um, but overall, we've been, I mean, sell, we've been selling, we've been selling the piss out of Galil Ace pistols at the gun shop that I work at. It doesn't matter what caliber is in five, five, six, seven, six, two by 39. Some people tend to look for the seven, six, two by 39, but we ran out of those. We had the 308 version gone in a week. We sold that with like a 60 round Magpul drum to go with it in 308 or whatever. It's a 50 round drum or whatever it comes with, man. I mean, these are, and really we don't have a market to where we can sell like $800, I mean, $1,800 AR style pistols like the Galil, but they're, and we can't, we can't keep them in stock. We probably bought five, 10, five, five, six Galil Ace pistols and we're down to two. And that was two weeks ago. Flying. Nice. Flying. So those are, those are popular. Well, we appreciate the support for sure. And I mean, I'd say us wise, probably the X95, the, the, the bullpup X95 is probably our most popular. Um, and then right behind that is new, the TS 12, um, for whatever reason, people are eating that shotgun up and it's <laughs> yeah. fun. It's yeah. even better if you can put a suppressor on there, the Stavo fits it and you put the can on there. It's a, it's a good time internationally. I'd say probably the Galil as a family. I mean, we go into a lot of countries that are running old Soviet com block weapon systems that are out, I mean, shot out bad. Mm-hmm. And we come in with a Galil and, um, they already have mags that run. They already have surplus of ammunition. So um, the Galil and probably the Negev, um, the Negev as it sits today is still the only semi-automatic belt-fed machine gun. So um, 
you know, obviously SIG's working on one, um, General Dynamics is working on one for the U.S. military. You know, we weren't able to compete in the next generation squad automatic weapon system because we had no manufacturing at the time that thing started here in the U.S. The U.S. military requires U.S. made here in the U.S. But, you know, internationally, those probably two, the Galil and the Negev as of right now, the Carmel's gaining steam internationally. Uh, I think at Azerbaijan is looking at that pretty hard. Um, and there's a couple other countries, but overall, probably the Galil and the Negev. Right. Um, I literally just missed. I was. I had one up here. Do you have any more Galil Ace Blems laying around for sale? Ah, dude, that was a. So what that's all about is two years ago, I was missing a container of Galil. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's a big fuck up. Yeah. Um, so I have. I got a phone call a little bit uh, after a while and my container that was supposed to come into Northern, you know, part of the U S was sitting in, down there by Anthony in South beach. <laughs> and, uh, I opened the container and Galil's fell at my feet. I closed the container and blend them all. And some of them were great and some of them were not so great, but nevertheless, you got a pretty much, you got a Galil for about a thousand dollars. And, um, it was a lot cheaper than, you know, at first we were talking about sending them all back to Israel and getting them reworked. And I was like, nah, I'm not putting this back on the sea, giving it reworked and all that. It's not worth it. But yeah, there were probably close to 3000 guns that went somewhere. Wow. <laughs> where where was I during this? Yeah. Where, where was I towards this thousand <laughs> dollar Galil deal? Really lost guns? No. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, part of the deal but yeah we don't. it's like it's like your your boating accident guns that all washed up to the shore and then we sold them as all blems to everybody it's like shit for sure yeah, i was i think it was sometime during this whole rioting thing going on apparently somebody got into a train car full of guns someplace there's very little detail in the article so i don't know the validity of it but hmm you imagine that? Yeah. I don't even know that people still put tra put guns on trains. Like I saw a video of guys like train was still moving. They're taking like sixty inch flat screens out of it. But <laughs> so um, yeah. But yeah, it's the the whole industry as a whole. Like like you said, Anthony, and, and y'all know. I mean, it, it pretty much if you if it goes bang right now, people are selling it, and um, ammunition's getting harder to come by. Right? We we ordered. Yeah. We called our contacts at, you know, we, we shoot all of our guns, 15 rounds, uh, test fire. Um, we use a lot of 223. Uh, so we were getting a little bit low. We called our contacts at federal. We ordered half a million rounds in late April. They told us March of next year at current back order, we would start seeing it. That's just wow. off the shelf. XM 193. Wow. Um, crazy. So then like for you all, right, that are running, I, I just had one of my buddies who lives down there in Tampa. He's like, hey, man, I can't find match ammo anywhere. I'm like, good luck, dude. Good luck. Um, it's just not going to happen. You know, these manufacturers are cranking nine and five, five, six and things of that nature. And I think I saw something online the other day. A guy was looking for six, five PRC brass. And I was like, buddy, good luck finding the ammo, much less the brass right now. So yeah. it's just uh, – in times like this, you're glad that you stocked up on, you know, if you're a reloader, you know, primers and brass and projectiles, people are like, why do you need all that? Well, right now yeah. is why right I now. need it. Yeah. And people, I tell, I mean, my number's fairly low compared to most people you talk to, but I try to keep a thousand rounds of every caliber that I own. And some For people sure. are like, only, only a thousand. I keep 5,000. And then there's some people who look at me like I'm a crazy man that I keep a thousand rounds per caliber just sitting like and i wouldn't i don't that's like i i let it and i'd rather just buy some ammo to let that thousand rounds sit before i touch it you know because if i feel like i'm less than a thousand rounds in a caliber like i got nothing like it it's running low supplies running low i can't have that so that's just the way i am with it but i'm like people are like i need five five six i can't find it or those funny calibers like five seven by 28 or 380 ammo was dried up couldn't find it i'm like 
dude, what do you, what do you guys see what happens when you buy odd calibers? Now you can't find it, but I got plenty of nine. Oh, but I don't have a nine. I have a five, seven by 28. I'm like, okay, well, good luck. Cause I can't even get it. I can't even find five, seven by 28. And see, like, I'm a fan of five, seven by 28, but like you said, in times like this, you know, there's only two people making that round, right. In general. So, yeah. you know, the demand for nine is going to be is so much more than five, seven by 28. So if you're an ammo manufacturer, what are you going to do? Shut the machine down? Not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, we've, we've resorted to calling distribution and dealers and stuff. I mean, we're buying ammunition at premium prices just to keep product moving out the door for us. Um, but I'm absolutely, I agree with what you're saying. You know, I keep, a good bit of ammo on hand because at the end of the day, I still want to train and go out and and have a good time, shoot matches when I can. So, you know, I I talk to people that I'm like, Hey, do you want to go to the ranch this weekend? And they're like, Oh man, I can't justify using the ammo right now. And I'm like, well, maybe you should buy more when it's, you know, or like now they're like, well, you know, two twenty three or five, five, six, it's, you know, 35 cents around. I'm like, it's better than not having it. So, um, one of those things, it's a diminishing, uh, diminishing return on it i guess right uh any good any good uh let's go we're gonna grab some live if we got them queued up but the red october match info on the match i know iwi is a big supporter sponsor of this match obviously the red october is a competition style match that allows your ak's your galils well all matches technically you can take an ak or a galil and shoot it but this one's kind of around that on those yep. weapon style platforms. So what's the details on it? Can we still sign up and get in on this match? What's the down low? So we've got Clash Bash first. It's the uh, second weekend of October the outside of uh, Houston, Texas. The boys at Distant Arms put that on with uh, Kyber Customs. Um, it's a eight to 10 stage um, carnival type thing. There's a lot of uh, demo guns there as well. We'll be there with our demos, but same thing. And then you've got, uh, there's, there's slots open for Clash Bash. Last time I looked, um, and then you've got Red October, which is a, uh, a gathering of com block weapon systems. Uh, Brian Nelson uh, is the match director down at uh, – he, he runs SUPS, TPC, uh, but they moved the match to Pro Gun Club there in Vegas. Um, Red October – or um, Rifle Dynamics puts that match on uh, with Brian. And, uh, again, it's an, it's an AK-type match. And, you know, when I first – when that match first started, you know, we jumped in. You know, I'm, I'm a big component that action shooting will help you as a shooter, whether you believe in the tactical side or the competitive shooting side. Sending flat-footed on the range doesn't help a whole lot of people. So let the buzzer go off. It'll, you won't hit anything, I promise you, until you get used to it. Um, so uh, – we've been a part of that since it started and it's, it's ever growing. The Galil is continuing to gain popularity. Um, we're getting more and more shooters in there. Again, people don't want to learn that rock and lock system here in the U S we, you know, unless you're mother Russia and you're, you're, you're Bulgarian or Yugoslavian gun, which is great. I've got a couple of them as well, but um, five, you know, P mags are a lot cheaper than rock and lock AK mags uh, from Bulgaria. So, um, the Galil continues to grab popularity there. I think last year out of the top 20, I think eight of them were Galils. The first three were Galil. Uh, but now mm-hmm. there's the PCC division. So you got the guys running, uh, the Kalishnikov USA KP nines from Dissident as well. Um, Century makes it, Palmetto makes it, everybody's jumping in that AK world right now. Um, uh, but it's a great match. You know, Pro Gun Club Vegas is always a good place. If they can get it back to St. George, uh, Utah at Subs and TPC, it'd be awesome as well. Um, but then we're seeing the distant, or we're seeing our Galil show up in three gun and action shooting sports in general. Um, Dylan, who's commented on there, um, shoots a lot of uh, three gun in general, and he's been shooting his gun. The Galil, again, it, it, it's a one in seven Cold Hammer Forge. It'll run. So, um, it's a fun match. I encourage anybody to get out there. We bring extra guns. So if you don't have a gun and you want to shoot, you can borrow one of ours. You just got to feed it. We're shooting, you know, they don't shoot. Brian doesn't make anything super hard out there. I think the longest target for PRS boys are probably laughing because they can hit it with a rock. But I mean, I think the longest target was like a B 27 piece of steel at 150 yards, but a seven, six, two bullet at 150 yards is already a poke for those boys. So. Sounds like um, a pistol shot in the last multi-gun match I shot in. <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Adam Weber just asked if IWI is going to come out with a PCC. Nah, not anytime soon, buddy. Um, and, and I think they want to know if you're going to come out with skinny jeans because I'm going through the comments and like every third one is about skinny jeans. I don't know what to tell them, but uh, I mean, a lot of people have asked me about that PCC thing and I like a PCC a lot, but, um, you know, being a milled receiver instead of a stamped receiver um, with the AK world, our gun costs a lot more to make just because it's a milled gun instead of stamped sheet metal, essentially. Um, nothing against the guys that run stamped sheet metal, just we, we have a milled gun. Um, I own a KP9. I just got it from Dissident. I uh, just shot it in a match this past weekend. I love it. It's great. But at the end of the day, for company-wise, if I came out with a PCC that's going to retail for eighteen ninety nine compared to the KUSA down there where you're at, that's retailing for seven ninety nine. I don't know that you can justify that in nine mil. You can justify it in bigger calibers, but not necessarily in nine mil. Yeah. Yeah. We got some good live ones here. I don't know if you want to hit those, Greg. Yeah. Let me hit a couple. Um, one of them, our friend Corey asked, who would you recommend to work on a glue? Um, so Haikun Defense or Dissonant Arms, uh, they're both in Texas. Daniel Fisher um, also works at KNS Precision. Gordon and those boys make a lot of parts for our guns, so they know them back and forward. And Mike and Lan are pretty good, you know, if not one of the better on the AK world. Um, you know, they're best known for like the Vepper shotgun style, but uh, they've done a lot of work on the Galils. Um, and then you can't, you can't overlook Gary Hughes if you can get him to do it for you. I know he's busy doing his own thing, but, you know, Gary's kind of like the, the godfather of AK um, with, with um, Jim Fuller. But Jim's kind of doing his own thing now with his new company in uh, Arizona. But right now, if you said – if somebody said, hey, I want to do something to a Galil, I'd say send it to Haikun Defense, Daniel Fisher, or um, Lan, and, Lan Nguyen and Mike Widesites at Dissident Arms are probably the two, the two companies I'd send it to. Um, awesome. there we go. And there was another live, I, I lost it, and we've kind of touched on bits and pieces of this, but if we were to have like a real fast summary of I have an AK and a Glial, obviously we know which one I should buy, but why would I buy the Glial? So um, if you're going apples to apples, right, 762 by 39, um, we both going to run rock and lock mags. However, with the traditional AKs guys are talking about like, is the, they want to know what the, you know, what the metal is on the front and rear trunnions, what the bolts made out of, uh, how good the rivets are, where it's made, where the parts kit came from, you know, things of that nature. Well, with the Galil, it's a milled receiver. You ain't got any worry about any of that. Um, but also, you know, we don't put out things unless pretty much it's vetted pretty hard. Um, you know, I'm not saying other people do or don't, but our product, as we talked about in the beginning of this, you know, the Galil was built because they were given, um, the Israelis and the IDF were given fouls, 308s, uh, that didn't run in the desert very well. And they were also, but they were also given Comblock Russian guns, 7.62 by 39, that ran really well. So they're like, well, let's take the 308, put it in a AK variant, it'll run in the desert. So thus came to the original Galil in 308, then 762 by 39. But overall, I mean, the only real competitor I've got in apples to apples would be the Arsenal Sam 107 um, milled receiver in general. But if I'm, if I'm picking it, longevity, running 30, 32, 30, 32 CRV cold hammer forged barrel, we can service them. We don't see a whole lot of returns, if any. They just run – um, here in the United States, we, we don't like a lot of felt recoil, as you all know, in the PRS world. So, um, what? You know, we have felt recoil with 30 pound mm -hmm. rifles and, you know, six millimeter <laughs> bullets. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, you know, it's, we, we put, you know, people are always saying like, okay, I'm gonna put the KNS piston on, on the AK or the Galil. And then it does, then it starts choking. And I'm like, well, guys, the reason why the AK is so reliable is because it is over gas. So you just neutered it by putting this piston in, which I think works great, but you do have to tune it just like an adjustable gas block. So, you know, overall, I'd say the Galil, I think the five, five, six variant makes the most sense for the U S market because we are so accustomed to the M4 mag and the M4 mag, the uh, loading manual arm system, same thing on the Galil. Uh, it's, it's well, and the ambi features on the Galil are lot, the ergonomics overall are way better than an AK. 
for sure. I mean, you got ambi mag release, you got ambi safety, and the ambi safety's placed right in front of the grip on the ace. So as a right-handed shooter, you just almost just take your, your finger and push it forward, and that's it. You're, I mean, versus the AK clunky safety, it scratches up the whole side of the receiver. Then you got to come underneath the gun. to It's the battery of arms, the ergonomics of the AK always blue, in my opinion. Yeah, and then like on the seven, on the five five six, we have the last round bold hope bold hoping feature. Same, you know, um, so people are used to that. So, and people have asked why we haven't done it in the three hundred eight, which we're looking at if it's possible. It's, obviously, the magazine can do it. Can the can we? Is there room in the receiver body to put that feature there? If it is, we'll do it. Um, and there's some other areas that we're looking at to improve in the ace. Um, hopefully, we'll have a Gen two in a couple of years. Um, but again, like that's going to have to go to ATF approval whenever it's ready. So even if it's ready 2022, it's a shot put when it's going to come online. But uh, yeah. I encourage everybody, if, you, if you're interested in that, in that system, come out to Clash Bash or come out to uh, Red October. We bring the machine guns. You feed it, we'll bring it. We'll melt these guns. All our machine guns are temporary imports. I don't care if it goes back as a smoothbore. I'm getting it back with a new barrel. So, you know, mm -hmm. we were – We've, we've burnt suppressors up on them. Guys would come up with D60s and run them. Whatever. It's going back. So burn it down for all I care. Burn it down. There we go. Um, uh, you mentioned it here. We have upcoming events, products, and goals on the next question here. Dissonant Arms Galil. You kind of hinted they working on one. So modifications to the Galil, can we see that? When can we expect it? Can you leak anything? So they do a lot of work on the Galil um, in general. So if you go to their website, you can purchase a, um, a, a, a tricked out ALG modified trigger, um, RS regulate rail, things of that nature. Um, we work closely with those boys and, and everybody else. Uh, I don't know that, the, you know, there'll be a um, – a collaboration um if there can be i'm all for it uh but as you know we you know people that call us and like want to do upgrades to the galil we typically send them to what we talked about earlier with either haikun or da um but uh yeah i mean we lean on a lot of our partners to give us ideas um we don't know everything about weapon systems and the one thing we do know is that john q public will break something and we can only test so much in a climate controlled facility so um, we would rather just give it out to those guys and say, what would you like to see? Um, and see where it goes from there. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, ever evolving, you know, trying to get things, you know, new product, it, it, you know, the U S market, we, we love to play, play garage gunsmith and, um, our guns are Lego pieces. So getting the aftermarket support now with the, with the ACE, uh, and other of our, and more other our products with the X95 and things of that nature. It's super helpful, you, as you know, working in retail stores. Like if people can add, we want to make a five-pound rifle weigh 50. That's the goal. Put everything we can on the gun. Um, so uh, having that aftermarket support drive sales, and as a dealer, um, they'd thoroughly enjoy it. So it helps us a lot. Here we go. Um, we're probably going to hit a last-minute live here. Then we're going to wrap it up. But definitely check them out, man. TS-12 Tavor shotgun, one-of-a-kind looking piece. We can, again, we, they're flying off the shelves. People love them. Um, Galil Ace, can't keep them in stock. And the Zion, I, want, I haven't seen one of those in person yet, so I got to check one of those out, but haven't seen one in person yet. But, man, they got kind of everything you need over at IWI. It's just about – would you see it because of shipping and all that stuff during this, this time of year and this, well, this year in general, uh, any live. And then I want to mention the giveaway for those who are just joining in at nine 30, we posted up a new giveaway for you guys to get into check out the shooters mindset post for that, get in entered and we'll announce the winner on the next show. What do we got, Greg? Anything, Jen? I got to give a shout out to my friend, Whitney. Hey, Whit. Because hey. he said I'm his guardian angel. <laughs> Jen, when's your next match? Um, I fly out tomorrow to Wyoming. Where at Wyoming? So, well, I think the match is actually in Utah. Okay. So I'll fly into Salt Lake City, 
stay in Evanston, Wyoming, and then there's this really cool Hornady range somewhere mm -hmm. that has coordinates, not like addresses. So yep. I can't really tell you where because it's coordinates and I don't remember. But yeah, that's where I'm going. Are you I'm, shooting um, the 6GT as well? or I am. Everybody, oh, George and got that caliber locked down. Mm -hmm. um, this is like his match. So like it only makes sense to shoot GT at his match, right? For sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's been yeah. running that, that six arc for a while too. So curious to see how that takes over. If, uh, I'd like to see them bring back the gas gun series. I had a good time with that. I think there just wasn't enough participation in it. Like if, if there were more people doing it, I feel like they would do it, but it was like, I don't know. I would shoot a PRS match and there'd be like two gas guns for the whole match, 250 sure. shooters and two of them were gas guns. So well, I don't think they did the gas gun series, this, the service that it, and the justice that it, I mean, you didn't really hear about it much either at the mm -hmm. old, with the old regime of the PRS and things of that nature. So, um, you know, when we were, the, when we were title sponsor with surgeon and Armalite on that side, I mean, you didn't hear a whole lot about it. Um, but you know, I always felt that, there, everybody has a gas gun for of sub caliber for that matter. They can come out and play, but you know, Corey, he's commenting on there. He's doing great things down there in South Florida, trying to get more people to come out and shoot PRS. And it, it seems, seems to be the ever growing popular thing right now. Don't blow Corey's um, head up now. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a lot of work with uh, those boys down there when I used to live down there. So um, we used to go out to, I don't even know what it's called anymore. And what they, what, what's Altair called now? Uh, I don't even think it's, I don't think it's I don't think it's there anymore. Is um, it functioning it's there, at all? But oh, man, Todd Lewis, I think Todd Lewis is still running a match in the prison side. So there was Deep Lake, and then yeah. there was like where the big prison was. Yep. I think someone bought the whole place. They burnt down the, the whole Deep Lake facility. Kind of lit on fire. Somebody else bought the property. Who and who's allowing some matches to go on but i don't know if it's open to the public or if you have to buy a membership to get on it but it's still there i'm I mean, not sure what it's called anymore though besides core i mean that was really the only place you could get past 600 in florida so yeah. um you know aries in leesburg's got 700 but um, i think okeechobee shooting sports you can get out to what five or a thousand or something like that i don't i don't know there's a there's a Hollywood Tactical something is a PRS league over there, a little bit up north, and I think they were reaching out to five, if I'm not mistaken, or a thousand somewhere in there. But yeah, that's about it. There's a lot of good shooters in that part of the, you know yeah, that that area, and you know with Core, and now you know we're, uh, Greg and I were talking about you know you know the the arena place now, and prior to that it was Legion. Um, so uh, a lot of good shooters, a lot of good you know Phil at Masterpiece doing a great job you know, building that community there around that area. So there we go. it's good to have, good to have it. Last minute live questions. What do we got? Any good ones? If not, will you go ahead and wrap this one up for today? There's a lot more about skinny jeans. I'm just saying. That's what I was about Adam, to say. There's Adam Weber says pants are prisoners for legs. So he Jeremy Webb's every day. What's your email? If people want to get in contact with you, and I'm thinking maybe we can put together buy a IWI from Jeremy directly, free pair of skinny jeans go in the box or something like well, that. I think. If Vertex still made the Delta Elites, I could probably help somebody out, but they stopped, they discontinued them, which is unfortunate. But now you could um, get a hold of us on all the social media platforms, um, IWI US, and then with us, just um, my email is jeremyg at iwi.us or info at iwi.us. Um, got a customer service team, four people. You pick, you call us, you get a human body. Um, we do the best we can with what we got, and uh, we'll continue to pump product out and serve the U.S. market and other markets like it best we can. Here we go. Check out their lineup. Um, you got any Wow, more you have a lot of friends, don't you? Or enemies, however you want to call it. <laughs> This is pretty brutal. The problem is, is that like some of them are like 
my sponsored shooters. And I'm like, God, well, y'all, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. Come on. Now. Dude, so, they're being brutal. Let's say if those are sponsored shooters, I think their sponsorship next year might be like a hat and a koozie or something. They, the problem is, is they get upset when I beat them. Like Adam Lickie's over here talking trash, but he just got his butt whooped last weekend at three man, three gun, like bad. Adam Lickie is talking some mad shit. I will say. <laughs> hey, Adam. So, but <laughs> i gotta call you out for that one <laughs> yeah he's I, i've got it on my phone next to me that's why i keep looking over and laughing uh and then jeremy yeah. Crowlack's up there in gainesville with gtr and big yeah. daddy unlimited and he got beat pretty hard last year at red october so he was walking around all mr poopy pants so um <laughs> I, I don't i think you're supposed to beat the person who sponsors you i, I don't i feel like that's how it's supposed to work but it don't that's it would you, yeah sometimes that's how it works exactly <laughs> So, um, but apparently not. And then I got some of my reps, Scott Mongens over here texting. He's a gator. He can't help it. I'm surprised he can spell his damn name right. So, um, 2021 sponsorship. You have to beat Jeremy at a match. If not, if you lose, you lose the sponsorship. So that's how we're we're we're, we're sponsoring people for 2021. IW Land says he's you. the only one you beat. <laughs> See, Adam says new phone. Who dis? <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, Land shot PCC because he didn't want to bang with the big boys, but that's okay. I understand. Oh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna yeah. go there because I have opinions, but I'm gonna be good. Oh, come on now. <laughs> no, the, on the commenting list, I'd say the, the uh, Dylan. He he gonna whoop me pretty good, but that's all right. As yeah. I was, they 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 get they do their <laughs> thing, so I can't complain too much. There you go. Um, I guess we can wrap this one up here. Uh, for those listening on the podcast, every Tuesday at nine, new episode of the Shooter's Mindset. You can find more information on the Shooter's Mindset Facebook page. Also, you can find all our episodes up to 301 uh, on YouTube. Just type in the Shooter's Mindset Show. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, more info on the Shooter's Mindset.com. Also, shout outs. Uh, what do we got? Jen, you usually start us off. Oh, I can't find my piece of paper, but I don't have my gun behind me because it's packed in a rifle case because I fly out tomorrow to a match. But McMillan stocks make awesome stocks, so check them out. Night Force Optics, GSL suppressors. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. Prime Ammo. Awesome ammo. I'm shooting their 6GT in this match coming up. Um, nice. Warren, scope mounts, and bipods. And Shooters of Augusta and Sharpshooters sharp shooters of Augusta. I spent like my entire weekend at Sharpshooters. So they tolerated me while I was there trying to zero and check ammo and all that good stuff. So check them out if you're here local to me go see them they're the best place to go shoot here in augusta um we bad for awesome bags and i'm gonna forget somebody so i'm just gonna stop right there there you go uh greg what do you got go to greg just after you unmute he almost made it through it's, the entire it's- show it's been like a month since I forgot to unmute myself, so I did that intentionally. It wouldn't be yeah. an episode of the Shooter's It was Mindset. on purpose, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, there you go. Totally planned, totally planned. Um, I have GSL suppressors. Um, I got a couple of them right now sitting at Crack Shop, Pawn and Firearms. Got to bring some papers and mail them off and wait for a checkbook to get here. Apparently, you got to write checks. I don't know who does that anymore. You don't, but I told you. But, I, I, okay. So I haven't taken it out of the package yet. I'm going to see if I can figure out where to put my card in there. Um, anyway. I um, usually do, but you can put a credit card or debit card information on the phone. Gotcha. Um, shooters and Sharpshooters of Augusta. PDC Custom for an absolutely beautiful rifle chassis available in the neon green or normal human colors. Um, NDZ Performance to build a real sweet Gucci Glock. Um, phone Scope, probably the coolest long-range accessory money could buy shooters world propellant you know we talked a lot about not being able to find ammo um there's also been powder shortages but i've had no issues getting getting my uh powder yep um hunters hd gold is kind of like hdr filters for your eyes you can see so much better with it Bortec for when you forget to clean your rifle and got to do a really good job at it 
and that's all I got. All right. Uh, Jeremy, any shout outs on your end, man? Which I appreciate coming on. I know that uh, y'all have had some long days too, um, working and uh, appreciate what you do for the shoot community. Um, Anthony, we'll get together, send me whoever you want, and we'll figure out a way to give away a TS12 on one of your episodes, drive some more traffic back to you. And, TS12, uh, dang. That's a that's just – you guys are just going to get a gun. Somebody just – we just leaked it. There's a gun coming. All right. A full gun for you guys to, to get in and possibly win. TS12. You just have to watch whichever episode comes online where you do it. So this, the, the suspense will be there. We'll get up together and we'll figure that out. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, again, um, we appreciate it. Some last minute closeouts for me. Definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching there, yellow subscribe button every Tuesday, new episode of the shooter's mindset on the shooter's mindset, Facebook page. Um, if you want to email me, the shooter's mindset at gmail.com is a good way to do that. Definitely thanks to Jeremy for coming on, spending two hours of his time here to talk about IWI with us. Hey, Dylan Easley says a comment section shout out to Jeremy for being a great punching bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he took those. He took those and rolled with them, man. He just, he every did, punch, he just rolled with it. Rolled with them all. Uh, Rise Armament for some fantastic ARs and uh, AR-15 triggers. Um, GSL technology suppressors for all your suppressor needs. That'll do it. Episode 301 of the Shooter's Mindset. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight, and we're out of here.